0: Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the ninth, twenty twenty-three. Hope this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like uh, my mental health is a lot better today, I don't know, sometimes it's it's just a matter of timing, you know, you just kind of get further and further away from a thing or event, a moment, what have you, and you're just, you're just a little cleaner, you're just a little better, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but uh, yeah, overall today went well, just, uh, you know, another working day, you know, on the job, but yeah, you know, no complaints, nothing flashy, nothing crazy happened, of course, but you know, it's all good. Uh, i'm trying to see here yeah, there's really nothing personal to report there's no there's no foods that i've been really eating or trying i wish you know by all means like send me some send me some lines tell me some tasty treats that i should maybe try to find and get into i would love that uh let's see here i'm gonna go ahead and do my um you know my startup because we have a, a lot of news i really overbooked the docket today and I'm gonna have to try to make magic to condense this, I hope. So, you know, Mia culpa in advance if I don't, bear with me. Um yeah, let me go ahead and uh, do my thing. Ooh. Sorry, y'all had to double dip the chip. Okay, let me start on, you know, some news that I forgot to cover yesterday Uh, from the Columbus Dispatch. Ohio voters passed issue one abortion amendment. We aren't as red as Republicans think. Um, I disagree with some of that, at least the latter part. But overall, I'm very excited. I'm very happy. This was super fucking great news that I forgot to cover last night. I know I did talk about the elections, uh, you know, how I went and voted, you know, a bit disenchanted. I will say, though, I was actually really glad to see my friends still do the thing where they make the post. Like, yeah, I voted, you know, like that shit's always cool. That shit always actually makes me feel good. I know that some people can be like, oh, that's corny, that's cliche, whatever. But it's just a reminder, like, you're you're not the only one who thinks and cares about this shit I don't know like I know we can all get really frustrated and really upset with how things are going especially when you know just talking as like an Ohioan's perspective someone who is like maybe a little bit more of a liberal or left you know mindset it can just feel like you're walking in a tar pit where it's just like you see that like things should not be going this way and we should like be moving differently but yet your your fucking politicians just say and do otherwise and it's just so fucking frustrating and not to mention too getting to read some of this article which i'm really just going to be paraphrasing um you know some of our you know our leadership just took the ball and ran with it to try to stop the people from getting what they wanted like when we were talking about abortion when we were talking about the legalization of marijuana like they went out of their way to fight and stop us from getting this shit and now here we are so you know it's yeah. with the abortion shit that's in shine. that's good. Uh, from the weed thing uh, overall I'm thinking it's good just by the margins of how both won out. I'm assuming we're clear, but I know that Republicans still have a chance to kind of funk around with uh, the issue too the marijuana thing. So we'll see. we'll definitely see. I think though that would be shooting themselves in the foot and making it worse um, just because then it's like you're inciting you're inciting the people again to go against you. so I don't know. Uh, but let me go ahead and read this little highlighted part right here. As polls predicted, they would. Ohioans enshrined abortion and other reproductive rights into the state constitution, and approved a measure that will allow those 21 and older to buy, possess, and grow cannabis. So, fucking hell yeah! Let's let's like let's just shout it out for that. Woo! Uh, also, I did mention that in my notes on the last episode. Just a reminder to check the notes. Sometimes, most times, I'm just saying something cute, or it's kind of almost blank. But, you know, just check it out sometimes. Sometimes I I put my corrections there, a thing I forgot, whatever. So, you know, be on the lookout. Uh, The next is from The Hill. Winners and losers from the third Republican debate. Now, y'all know me. I am a fucking sicko. I've gone full freak mode uh, this year. And I've watched and ingested more Republican content than I have in my entire life this year. I am different now. Uh no. I'm changed. Some might say deranged. No, I it's just it's funny to me now. Like don't get me wrong, like it's it's horrendous and grotesque some of the shit these motherfuckers talk about with like their chest so up and proud, like just like just baying for the blood of innocent people. They don't really care. Like you know, it doesn't matter. It's worlds away and like whatever. That's what the people want to hear. That's what the people are going to give them. But um yeah, I just want to do a little bit of a rundown uh obviously if if you want really want the details you can go find them of course for sure um but yeah this was uh this took place in miami miami and also it was run by nbc this was the first one that fox didn't have their grimy little hands all over though with nbc they were almost trying to like fake the funk i feel and like try to act like they were like establishing order like they were trying to talk to the crowd and they're like hey don't clap. Don't react. Just be real chill. Let, you know, the people say their bits. Um, and then to the, you know, the candidates, they're like, hey, don't talk over each other. That makes it harder for the listeners at home, the people to hear you. Like, we're going to give you guys all your time. And, um you know, we'll give you an appropriate chance to, to, you know, give rebuttals when necessary, but we also might, like, cut your time, which they really didn't do, like, they just kind of were talking tough, and of course, the, the, the crowd was vibing, they're like, oh, shit, oh, they yeah, saying this shit, we love that, and then, you know, they had to do a little react, but overall, it wasn't, it was pretty tame affair, um, but man, they were definitely zip sopping on each other, but let's get into it, I've already spent, like, way too long on this shit, fuck me, um, only five candidates qualified for the Clash, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, which is it's definitely a different vibe that they 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 add this credential here because it does come into effect. Like people are talking about that more as it's like she's almost like rising in stock in a way. But granted, I I, I gotta say winners and losers. Really, this is just a fucking crew of losers no one's really winning here because at the end of the day donald trump is was still in miami doing a rally which i gotta say i tuned in like five ten minutes of that shit boring done we've done it before i wasn't hearing anything new no one's talked about it today so i'm assuming he kind of flopped but at the same time he's still you know 56 fucking percent or something like that like he's still the candidate with the fucking bullet uh but anyway let me uh keep naming him senator tim scott and then former uh new jersey governor chris christie and businessman vivek ramaswamy so let me just kind of do you know they say that nikki won and i kind of agree i think she's really been kind of growing in stock people have really been kind of looking to her more than DeSantis, even though DeSantis is still leading he still has like double digits whereas i think she's like eight percent um but that being said man like it's just every, they keep coming for Ron in the funniest fucking ways. Um, they've been fucking memeing on his fucking boots. He's been coming in with like healed kind of boots and people are like hyper analyzing it. And I love it because it's like, oh dude, you're short King. We know, dude, we know you're not six foot. As a fellow 5'11 man, I understand, good sir. I get you, bro. It's fine. It's all right. You can own it. But you know, people are like, he's no Lyndon B. Johnson, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, he's trying to fix that. <laughs> he's been, you know, working on his ozympic body. I feel like he's now at that point where he's not too skinny, not too fat. So that's good. But he still has like a turtle bot. So I don't know. He's still looking a little meatball rod. But he he just couldn't catch a break in that regard. Um, Vivek hit him with a, with a nice little bar, like talking about, um, he, he would say this like vague thing of like, uh, Dick Cheney's and like three inch heels And he went to like further emphasis, emphasize that he was not talking about Nikki Haley. He's like, and there's two of them because Nikki Haley like immediately defended herself because they've been kind of going back and forth. But like, no, that was a calculated thing. That was like a a Vivek win in my opinion. He was just zipping on everybody. He was talking so much shit. He even said to like NBC, he was like yo, we shouldn't even be here right now. We should be, like, on Elon Musk's, like, spaces right now. We should be in Tucker Carlson's house having this debate. This is a sham, da-da-da-da-da. And then NBC was like, okay, anyway, and just moved on to the next point. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they're saying Nikki won. They say she pulled it out. Uh, I do think she handled herself very well. She's definitely, like, cloaking herself in, like, the moderate vote. Um there was a lot of foreign affairs talk, a lot of just, like, hey, what's, go- what would you, how would you be handling the Israel-Hamas thing, and, um, they all had, like, this fucking, just, like, oh, yeah, you should, this is Hamas, like, uh, what was it, Ron DeSantis is, like, I would call up BB, and I would tell him to finish the job, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, all right, we're playing Mortal Kombat now, all right, Ronnie, um, you know, it went over well with the crowd. They all ate it up. Fucking ugh, fine. Whatever, dude. I, I I guess that that's what we're doing. We're we're beating him off. That's what we're doing. That's that's what's happening right now. We're for sure. We need to do that. Let's give them fourteen billion dollars to help out with that. I mean, they need the lethal aid. Um, but let's see here. But she, Haley more or less defended herself. You know, made her points. Did very well. Uh, she was like kind of sandwiched, literally between. Ramaswamy and DeSantis they were both kind of like taking shots when they could but she would defend herself very very aptly uh let's let's move on to the next person um yeah Ron DeSantis we talked about him he licked his lips a lot smiled really weird but they were like he did good like he at least made it from point a to point b but that's kind of like the going motif here is like yeah dude you're the running second guy but you're never going to be the first you're not ever saying anything that's like actually shaking the conversation Against Trump. You're just fighting once again with other people who are losing. Uh, Let's see, moving on. Donald Trump, like I said, he did his own little rally. Kind of boring. Probably doesn't matter. Uh, Let's see here. They talk about NBC News and its moderators. Sure, sure, sure. That was a thing. Chris Christie, whatever. He's still here. Like, you know, unlike Doug Burgum, he's still a thing, but I don't think he's going to be a thing for much longer. Like, this man is, like, the moon to Trump's son. And, like, he does not live without Trump in the room. You know what I mean? Like, he just cannot thrive. And the saddest thing is, is if he's in a room with Trump, Trump will just say something funny about Chris Christie and everyone's just going to laugh. And it doesn't matter what the fuck Chris Christie says. So I love that for him because he's also a fucking asshole. Um, I mean, fuck all these people. I'm not a fan of any of them. But uh, let's see here. Now they say losers, Vivek Ramaswamy. I think this is the ongoing trend. And this is something I've been kind of talking about with a friend and something I I've kind of find interesting just looking at where it's like, I feel like, and hey, if y'all want to go off on me and say, yeah, I don't know in no way, whatever. But if Vivek Ramaswamy was white, I think he would be killing it right now they would be looking at this motherfucker like he was Eminem on 8 Mile. Like, you know what I mean? He'd be getting so many props. Even though at the same time, he definitely says shit that is very controversial, but I think he would be actually making movement with the things he says. But because he's not white, he looks very brown, unlike a Nikki Haley who is also Indian of Indian descent, but like, you know, she's American Indian. We can tell. She might as well be one of us. They like her a lot more. They lap up the shit she says. But she also doesn't say nearly as much spicy shit. Like, she actually has, like, middle-of-the-road takes, even. Which is, like, I think kind of surprising to me. But at the same time, obviously, that's what you want to do. You want to reach across the aisle. Whereas, like, Vivek is trying to reach across the aisle, but he's, like, trying to, like, talk to, like, fellow conspirators or something like that. So it's splashy but like you can't call Vladimir Zelensky a Nazi and like be like oh yeah that's a good move so I don't I don't really know what he's doing but at the same time like when you heard him like try to Ill- illustrate the point he says things that I've heard and even like said on the pod where it's like yo there are areas of like what the Doness region whatever where we're talking about Ukraine that are like yeah they actually do like Russia they actually have affinity with Russia like th- that there's there's ground to that but like you cannot say that to the point of, like, well, it totally, like, justifies what Vladimir Putin does. So he, like, says this fucking point, and then, like, Nikki Haley, like, just dunks on his ass, like, follows up, like, just, just great-A shit. So, I mean, I think he's still appealing to this, like, debate troll energy thing, and I think he does get actual points with, like, younger people, but I think overall in the run, it doesn't do him any good, and it just kind of, like, Keeps him at the lower bottom, actually. But, I mean, he still is going to keep fighting. He's still, you know, that guy, I guess. So, But, yeah, he definitely didn't make any moves forward. That's for sure. Uh, But very spicy. Spicy man. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Tim Scott. Mm, Tim, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. So, apparently, he shows off his girlfriend at the end of the fucking thing. I thought that was, like, maybe the most interesting thing that Tim Scott did in his favor um but yet again he he, uh tries to dunk on nikki haley too and she throws it right back at him that like he couldn't even like actually like come up with the fucking strength to say like hey this is my actual opinion on abortion because he didn't want to say something that was too extreme that would get him cooked too early and now he's kind of like oh yeah i still don't have an actual take which is another thing that i don't like about tim scott is that he has so many fucking bad takes but then like any of the takes where it's like, oh, well, maybe you have, like, room to, like, show, like, hey, I actually can be moderate. He just kind of, like, doesn't do that. He just kind of, like, says, like, a party line that you're supposed to say and then just keeps, like, repeating said thing. And I, I don't know. What, again, I think he's probably now the bottom guy since there's no, like, Doug Burgum. It's either him or Chris Christie. Uh, but, yeah, maybe there is a chance he's having sex. We learned that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that's that's just about everybody. Yeah, we covered it. Sorry about that. Um, now let's get to the news that, you know, I really should be covering. I feel like, um, let's see here from Al Jazeera. Thousands flee Northern Gaza in desperate journey during Israel war. Thousands of Palestinians have left Northern Gaza on foot, waving white flags and moving southwards in search of refuge that has become increasingly elusive as Israel pounds the entire enclave with airstrikes. The United Nations said on Wednesday that 15,000 Palestinians Had fled northern Gaza the day before using the main traffic artery Salah al Din Road. This was three times the figure estimated on Monday. The Israeli military gave residents of northern Gaza a four hour window to leave on Wednesday, which has now become a motif that I'm going to, you know, hopefully cover in the next little blur that we're about to cover after this. But it's essentially they are, they're hearing the people, they are hearing the international disdain and anger here of, like, the, the the relentless ongoing bombardment and savagery here, um, in response to the shit that happened on October 7th, I feel like you have to say that, or otherwise someone's gonna try to cancel you or fucking something, I don't know, they're, they, they're like, oh no, you're, you're being unfair here, um, but no, ever since this, it's like you- you're essentially just like okay we're not gonna do a ceasefire we we, we hear you we, we get it but like here's a compromise how about we take like a four hour lunch break and then like uh we'll get back to the bombardments and the fucking siege that we're doing how about that is that okay with you Is that fine Does that work and it's like no dude it it doesn't it, that's not okay. But um, that is more or less what they've allowed in this situation here. And it seems like ongoing, at least for now, that is what we're doing. So once again, not an an actual ceasefire. We're not actually stopping. We're just taking a daily four-hour pause and then resuming. And I don't know if that's going to be at a set time or anything like that. I don't know. But like... That's not enough that's not enough, yo. Like that is that is giving someone enough time to maybe set up and maybe move, but then you're still stuck in a fucking crossfire along the way. Like what what are you what are you doing? But literally, in terms of the situation at hand here in this article, the people were saying, Hey, we're gonna try to move as a large group. We're gonna have our white flags, and we're just gonna hope that they don't call us Hamas and blow us up. And and that was the situation here. Um and it's very unfortunate. And you're going in a situation where it's like, well, oh, well, why are they still in Northern Gaza? They've been telling them to move. They've been telling them to move. But yet again, I've said this before. I'll keep saying it. There's nowhere that's safe. Like you go to the South, you still get fucking bombed. That's still an issue. And they still make the same fucking excuses. They say, say, oh, well, Hamas is in that group. So, you know, uh, what, what could we do? Um, but in terms of northern gaza gaza city i know i said it before in the previous episode but essentially they've encircled it and they've like cut it in um and then they've also once again they've cut gaza in half so it's just like the northern half is where they're saying hey this is where we're doing all the activity all the violence but it's going to be safe in the south but that's not fucking true um so really people have nowhere to go and and this is this is where we're at right now this is um you know and, and it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me that you don't hear anyone in the West trying to call this what it is, which is an ethnic fucking... It's an ethnic cleansing. It's is, a it is fucking genocide in action. Like, we're watching this shit. It's one of those things where it's, like, throughout all of October into now, like, part of what has bummed me out so fucking much is, like, yo, this is something that we are literally seeing happen day by day by day by day by day. And it's, like, but... The powers that be that can even do or say anything, they just they just throw their hands up and they say, "Oh, huh, what can we do? We can't control Israel." It's like, motherfucker, you are their strongest ally. Like, what I'm talking about here, we're talking about the fucking West here. We're talking about the U.S. Um, I know France is mentioned here after they've tried to put the kibosh on pro-Palestinian, you know, rallies, protests, saying that they're anti-Semitic and like they're, ter- they're endorsing terrorism. They're, they're coming here saying, but no, we do care about the Gazans. We do care about the civilians. We do, we do, we do. We, do. we promise we do. Please do some. Please just, please just take a, t- take a little break. I don't know. But, um, that's where we're at with that. Like I said, I know that they're doing the, um, four hour, uh, daily pauses. There's an article here from the Associated Press. I'll leave that there for you. Uh, you can get the details if you want. Um, uh, but yeah, moving from, <sighs> one, ethnic cleansing to, oh uh, well, no, we're not there yet. My bad. I'm, I'm putting carts before horses. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to talk about the situation in Syria. Um, let's get into that. Once again, from the Associated Press. The U.S. launches airstrike on site in Syria in response to attacks by Iranian-backed militias. All right. Uh, the U.S. carried out an airstrike on a weapons warehouse in eastern Syria used by Iranian-backed militias in retaliation for what has been gr- a growing number of attacks on bases housing U.S. troops in the region for the past several weeks. Uh, let's see. The Wednesday strike... Uh, in Wednesday's strike, two U.S. Uh, F-15 fighters uh, dropped fighter jets. Sorry, dropped multiple bombs on a weapons storage facility near Mesulin in Deir el zur that was known to be used by Iran's Revolutionary Guard. Uh, U.S. officials said um i really don't have any numbers in terms of like any casualties or anything like that i don't think like that's really in the article they do go through all our little like wounded and like critically you know injured people um you know up until this point um since the conflict started you know with israel hamas on the seventh but um yeah i mean this is a ratcheting up but I, i just keep hearing like we just kinda can't help but keep mentioning the fact that like Iran is involved in this and we also have to deal with Iran. They're also an ongoing issue here. We have to handle all their proxies, what they're doing and all that. And it, it, we just have to make sure that that is contained. That's part of what we're doing here and making sure that this doesn't spread out. I don't know. This shit obviously disturbs me and makes me unhappy. I don't like it. Um, but you know, you know what these fucking, you know, <laughs> you know what these troops are gonna do, you know. Um, Yeah, I I did feel like it was relevant because we did cover, um, you know, a previous, uh, you know, tit for tat uh, situation. So I wanted to update that here. Um, But yet again, I I don't want to get into the weeds too much on that. So there's that for you. This is the other thing I wanted to get to. All right. Uh, From the BBC, Sudan conflict, thousands flee fresh ethnic killings in Darfur. Now, it's been a while since we've talked about the situation in Sudan, with, um, the Sudanese army and the RSF, um, last I kind of touched on it, they were kind of like really entrenched the RSF, things weren't looking good for them, um, I've said this before, I'll keep saying this again, this is definitely one of the situations where there's no, like, I don't feel like there's any good guy here, I think both parties are doing bad shit, but, um, with the RSF, they have been accused of doing, you know, essentially an ethnic cleansing and, just there's a lot of you know trigger warning but like a lot of killing and raping of non-arab people in this region and it's forced thousands of people to flee the region with just the clothes on their backs whatever they had you know and even then you're stuck at the border with um rsf troops saying oh if you can't pay the money then you aren't leaving and it's like fuck like what the fuck do you do in that kind of situation you know um, but thousands of people have been forced to flee the Sudanese region of West Darfur amid fears of ethnic cleansing, a medical charity says. Witnesses have accused the paramilitary paramilitary group uh, Rapid Support Forces, or the RSF, of targeting and killing non-Arabs, with reports of hundreds of deaths. Uh, this comes after the RSF captured the Sudanese army headquarters in West Darfur capital of El Geninia. Uh, we'll, we'll go over that. Uh, the RSF says it is not involved in what it describes as a tribal conflict. Essentially, they're saying, no, we are not involved, but I, no one believes that. Uh, it has been battling the army for control of the country since April. Uh, let's see. The Medicine San Frontiers, Frontiers or the MSF, says most of the 7,000 people who have crossed into Chad in the past three days are women and children who are fleeing with nothing. Um, so yeah, uh, it's just, obviously, you know, a dark update for sure, but I did, you know, I, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, I know there are conflicts, there are atrocities happening daily, and um, it's one of those overwhelming things. Um and I know this is, like, a really, like, almost childlike way of, like, putting the, the, condensing this down, but how I look at it is, like, it's, like, when I played Mass Effect, and, like, there are so many, like, things that you can choose, and, like, all the shit is important, like, there's nothing that's not important, even if it seems small to someone, or whatever, you know it's a big deal, but you have to pick, you can only pick so many things in a game run, and, like, when I go to do these episodes, I always want to find fun things and light things and, and things that I think people are really, really, going to want to hear. But it's like, there are so many things that need to be talked about. There are so many things that I miss that I feel fucking terrible about when I, you know, get to the week's end and I go into a new week knowing I'm not going to fucking cover it. So, you know, that is uh, my little albatross that I carry and I um I do my best to talk about this shit that i do feel like is important because like you know shit it'll be history tomorrow and i'm gonna hate myself for like just trying to say oh that didn't matter that wasn't that big i should talk about britney spears today or taylor swift i don't fucking know you know what i mean so uh that is my my grand divine balance (laughs) here (laughs) okay um yeah we have one more thing to cover and it is a a hell of a lot lighter in fact i dare say it's good news i bring the good tidings actually to be fair i started with good news and i'm ending with good news so eh, 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 eh. all right um i'm gonna take my little last break and then we'll um we'll call it a day how about that (laughs) i gotta cook me some food Okay, we're good now. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> From the Los Angeles Times. Los Angeles Times. LA Times. SAG, SAG-AFTRA committee approves deal with studios to end historic strike. Yay! Yay! We did it! They did it! We're so talk for them. I'm sorry. I'm so happy for that shit, bro. Yes. Okay. Um so, SAG-AFTRA's negotiating committee has approved a tentative deal with the major studios that would end a nearly four-month strike or a four-month long strike that has sidelined thousands of workers and hobbled much of Los Angeles's signature enter- entertainment industry. So, we love to see it um obviously you know there's a lot of details here it looks like i might have lost my highlighted portion that's very unfortunate um let's see here bear with me um i know there will be more details but um the proposed contract which also still must be ratified by the union's members boosts minimum pay for members increases residual pay payments for shows streamed online and bolsters contribution to the health to the union's health and pension plans. It also establishes new rules for the use of artificial intelligence, a major concern for the actors. SAG-AFTRA said it won unprecedented 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 provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI. Also, I'm not sure what if this is like a hundred percent if they actually got this in or not, but I think they get at least a chance to see some of the um the numbers like the behind the scene numbers for like the streamers so like from Netflix, from peacock uh, from Hulu, et cetera because they've been very cagey about those things they they hide that kind of shit that information because, if you are seeing, like, the view count on a movie, a show, things like that, that can affect your bargaining. That can Because then you're seeing, like, what your worth is, like, how well a thing did. So that's been something that's been kind of very hidden, very cloak and dagger. Only certain people are able to see it or able to see, like, certain numbers, not the full detail. And that still might be a thing that is still, like, kind of behind the curtain. Uh, but I think they that at least some people get chances to look at that shit. Don't quote me, but I think. Uh, but overall this is like super big money. We love to see it. I know that like the where we've left it, you know, the writers that got their due and we were just waiting on, you know, the actors to get theirs, but then it seemed like there was like a pause. But it seems like and it was so funny too to hear these um, you know, these big wigs or whatever say, Oh, well, you know, we would really like to like get this done so that we could at least have like salvage a season a televised season so you guys should really like come to the table and work with us and it's like motherfucker if you actually were gonna play real ball here we wouldn't have to be here if you would just give people what they were worth we wouldn't have this conversation and I was talking with a friend and it was something that I, I felt like I really needed to like establish because like I was sharing. I've been talking about this shit a lot on my socials, or, you know, since it's been going on, and like my friend had said like, oh fuck da 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 da, because like you know the actor whatever I saw, and they 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 I think they were saying this because the syndrome was like, yeah, fuck these waves. they're making so much money, like why are why should we even care? But like. It is something that I've been breaking down in this fucking podcast time and time again, is that, look, dude, I know that, like, it can be kind of weird when we're seeing, like, an athlete, celebrity, whoever, and, you're like, well, they're making so much money. They're making more money than God. Why do I care? But it's like, no, these motherfuckers aren't just fighting for themselves. They know that they're the upper crust of the upper crust. There are people who are just making their ends meet with acting and, like, you don't get insurance if you don't get enough gigs. Like, these are things that need to be, like, protected and looked after. The amount of money you're making when you show up, these things are important. The residuals you make on a show, a thing, these are very relevant. Like, if you're just a small change actor guy, like, th- this is a thing Whether or not I have to make, like, two or three other jobs happen to keep this thing going that I want to do, my passion, my actual profession. You know what I mean? So it's like... It's, it's not about Patrick Dempsey. It's not about whoever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's about the small fries up to the big, guys. You know what I mean? You feel me? Capiche? So that is why I'm cheering and clapping for them just as much as I am, you know, any other union. Um, and, and I know that I think there was like a culinary kind of strike that took place maybe in Vegas or something. I kind of missed that. That went through the weeds. But there you go. Throwing that on the fucking chopping block oh man i did it i'm sorry okay that's the episode i know we made it past 30 minutes oh, i know a long episode my bad uh my bad uh but yeah i do have to shill two on top of it patreon.com so there's a news if you'd like to support the effort it does mean a lot that is how i make any kind of like money income off of this podcast uh especially since spotify changed there Terms of engagement uh, with me, uh, you know, hey, it's whatever. No hard feelings, whatever. It is what it is. Fine, I mind. But, you know, yeah, it, it helps out a lot. Uh, but I will say, you do becoming newsy. Um, I shout you out at the top of the podcast. Plug your name, plug a project if you'd like. Uh, let's see here. Freeways to hit me up, though. News one at gmail.com. I'm on all the socials if you'd like to find or follow me there. And then please subscribe to the YouTube. Trying to grow that, trying to make that bigger, better. I will say I'm seeing a little bit of numbers sometimes, seeing a little bit of consistency. I like that. I like what I'm seeing. So uh, hopefully you're subscribed. Hopefully you're hitting the thumbs up. We'd love to see that. I mean, hey, if you got to hit the thumbs down, I mean, you do what you got to do. I'm happy to see you either way. So, hey. Um, yeah, positive vibes, positive comments. We love to see that. Give me some reviews. Give me some love on the other feeds or whatever apps you're listening on. But yeah, that's the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. (laughs) Bye-bye.